I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. What's up, guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally, and I want to welcome you to the Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. And like always, I'm joined by my husband and co-host, Josiah. Josiah, how are you feeling today? Great. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I'm doing great. Babe, how are you? Oh, I'm doing well. It is above 70 degrees. The sun is shining, and there's no snow here in Minnesota. So, I am ready for some summer. (laughs) We're never running out of ways to praise God. And if you're new or newer, just checking things out with Young Adults Today, we drop a new episode every Monday morning with fresh content each week. Mm -hmm. Um, You can access it and subscribe, share this with a friend. Um, Today is all about honing your craft. And we're really excited to be joined by Josiah DeGuara, and I'll introduce him in just a second, but Josiah, how are you? I'm doing great, you guys, thanks for having me. Absolutely, we are thrilled to have you. Definitely, and for those of you who don't know, Josiah is number 81 for the Green Bay Packers. Awesome, buddy, go Pack, go! And we're in a divided household, I just have to say that. (laughs) I'm in Minnesota, born here, so I'm a Vikings fan, but married. Yeah, I'm sorry. Pray for us. Hey, in North Dakota, we don't even have a team, so I had to choose one. And when you have a crush on your fourth grade teacher who loves the Packers, that's where it all began. I blame him. You chose the better team. You chose the better team. (laughs) Oh, and uh, Josiah's an American football tight end for the Green Bay Packers in the NFL National Football League. He played college football at Cincinnati and drafted 2020 94th overall pick. And I believe, am I right, Josiah, when I say this, that that was a virtual draft, right? Yeah, last year was virtual. Right. With COVID, it was only COVID was only what three, four months old. So not even, not even three, four, maybe a month and a half. So yeah, it was it was all virtual and but it was still obviously a special moment. Man, take us to that moment. I know it's off script, but take us to that moment. Obviously, you're prepared on the field, but I mean the world was spinning. What was that like for you in that moment? Yeah, it was a crazy time. Um, I actually, so I was training out in Phoenix, Arizona in in March, getting ready to head to Cincinnati for my pro day. Um, Luckily, I got invited to the combine and all that in Indianapolis and was preparing for that moment and then had to cancel my flights last minute because COVID, you know, we all remember that moment when we heard everything was shutting down, the basketball tournament was about to start and yeah, nothing happened. And um, so canceled my flights to Cincinnati, went back home to, uh, Sacramento, which is where I'm from, which I'll mention a little later, but um, was with just friends and family. Obviously wanted a little bigger um, surrounding party, but was with close, close family and uh, a couple friends. And it, it was still a, it was a special moment that, you know, I'll remember forever, for sure. Seriously, no kidding. Well, we'll definitely will never forget that moment. I'm a March Madness fan and all I experienced that month of March was madness, but it was nothing related to the Not basketball the season. Oh, my gosh. Well, Josiah, we are so excited that you are here with us today and that you're taking some time. But for the people who may not know you or your story, will you just share with us and the audience, maybe your journey through life, faith, family, and football, and the journey that God has taken you on throughout those years and seasons? Yeah, I'll try to keep it somewhat short. Obviously, I could go forever about my whole, you know, whole story with all those topics. But yeah, so I'll just start out with where I'm from. I'm from 
Sacramento, California, actually Folsom, California, which is about a suburb about 30, 35 minutes outside the city of Sacramento. Um, I church wise, I was raised in the church. My dad um, is actually a pastor of a church in Sacramento for the last couple of years called Real Life Church, um, but grew up. He was a pastor of multiple different churches while I was growing up. So I grew up in the church, grew up in Sacramento um, and throughout my whole life was in Sacramento. I, I was born in Santa Rosa, California, and then grew up my life in Folsom and went to Folsom High School, um, played football and basketball there. Um, and then when it comes to my family, I have uh, my mom, my dad, and then a little sister. Um, she's 21 years old. I'm pretty sure no, I should know that. I should, I shouldn't know that for sure, but she's 21. Um, she's a nurse in Phoenix, Arizona, where she went to Grand Canyon university. Um, so super, yeah. So super, um, proud of her and all she's accomplished, but, but yeah, I grew up in the church and I, uh, went to Folsom high school, as I stated, um, and then got a scholarship to play football at the university of Cincinnati. Um, which was a total God thing. I wasn't, I had, we were, I was on a great high school football team, one state my senior year, um, had seven, eight guys go division one college. So pretty awesome. successful. Yeah, wow. it was awesome. Um, but my, me myself wasn't getting much love in recruiting, um, was about to commit to UC Davis, which I don't know if you know, is like 45 minutes from my house, um, the Sacramento area. And it was a total God thing. I had a family friend who knew the the O-line coach at Cincinnati. Um, so that, that was how I got connected to Cincinnati and got offered a scholarship and moved across the country to the Midwest. And I haven't left since. So that was the, that was my first experience in the Midwest. And um, yeah, I got there and obviously throughout the whole journey, God's brought me. So that was one God moment. And there's been a lot along the way, but had a crazy spent four and a half years at Cincinnati um, got connected with not, not only great community there, um, but was on a great football team, had great friends and, um, trying to hit certain points, but had four to five years there and then had a great two last two years was able to start, um, for the football team. And then, yeah, I got, got drafted by the Green Bay Packers and it's, and going into my second year, um, coming off, a, I'll mention it later, but coming off of a ACL that an injury that cut my season short last year. So that's been the journey for this past year, but still grateful as ever. And um, I'm in green Bay right now. So I, I get what you're saying. I'm happy. It's sunny today. <laughs> Dude, praise God. The Midwest is amazing, but there are four distinct seasons and you're coming from a coast that is so beautiful. I mean, really year round. So, I mean, springtime, summer, we got to get outside, have fun. And, but we're glad to have you in the Midwest. Yes. And I can't I believe I didn't it. mention you've got a great name too. Amazing <laughs> name. Yes. Yes. It is a great name. I think we can both agree. I think we can all agree. It's a great name. There you go. Yes. <laughs> and um, man, Josiah, here's the thing. So I heard Rich Wilkerson Jr. Pastor in Florida, he was just talking about discipline and he defined discipline as this way in a sermon. And I loved it. He said, discipline is short-term pain for long-term gain. And I was thinking about our audiences, a lot of young listeners, young leaders, people who are in a variety of fields. Some are entrepreneurs, some are serving in local churches, campus ministries, have a heart for the next generation. Um, but I think that discipline 
I mean, it really applies to all of our lives, especially for those of us who are young and wanting to hone our craft, whether it's the NFL, whether it's college football, you know, wherever God's placed us, we can really um, hone our craft and really take it to the next level. But what role would you say discipline has had and played in your life personally? Yeah, discipline has been huge for me. Um, obviously, being an athlete, discipline is is huge when it comes to, you know, my profession and what I do. Not, I mean, you have to be disciplined in the offseason, during season, when it comes to a variety of different things for me, whether it's working out, getting the right nutrition, taking care of my body, um, things like that. So discipline is, is something that I'm accustomed to when it comes to my profession, right? Um, but also with our, in our faith walk, um, discipline is huge. Um, you know, something I've all, I've always like thought this way, like, especially when it comes to being disciplined and spending time with the Lord, um, and being disciplined and getting in the word every day, listening, you know, to worship music, um, journaling, being in community, whatever it is, you know, something has, you have to make something and be disciplined with yourself before it becomes a habit. Right. So yeah. being able, yeah, being able to, and that's something with me being setting up, whether it's setting an alarm, having a friend text you, Hey, have you done this today? Have you done that? Um, and having that discipline before it's like, Oh, today felt a little weird. I didn't get in the word. Right. So that's something that I've always tried to do is if something's not normal to me, you're not just going to, if you don't do something at all. And then all of a sudden you're saying, I'm going to do this every day it's going to be hard to do it if you don't have, you know, accountability or you're not, you know, setting yourself up for success. So creating that discipline and making the habit um, when it, when it comes to our, our faith walk is, is huge. I think that's good to be reminded, like whether you're an athlete or whether you're a business person, like disciplining yourself to the principles of what you're called to do in addition to the ultimate calling is to follow Jesus Christ. Yeah. And how do we do that? Mm-hmm. Through discipline of the reading of the word, it's praying, it's understanding, it's listening, it's doing, it's not just praying, but it's doing what he is speaking through the word, through worship. And, you know, like we always say that God doesn't put dreams in our heart to tease us. Exactly. And sometimes those dreams seem untouchable. Sometimes they seem like they're out of reach. I think that's where young adults um, have recognized the power of who God is um, and what, what he's capable of doing and how he can use our gifts and our talents and our abilities in such a way that can bring him honor and glory. And to discover mm-hmm. that, we need to discover our own faith in that process. Yeah, not like parents' faith right. or, you know, a youth mm-hmm. pastor's faith, but yeah. Yeah, they definitely influence our faith, but it's ultimately, when does it become our decision? And Josiah, I would love to hear more of your story and your experience of identifying and finding your own faith and your identity wrapped around in Christ versus anything else. Like how have you, or how has your journey been unfolding? And we're all on a journey. We're all in process or progress, hopefully, right. If we're disciplining ourselves, but do you want to just go there and just share with us in the audience, some, maybe some tidbits of your life regarding that? Yeah. So that that's huge for me, right. Is finding my identity in Christ. Um, because growing up in the, in the church and my dad being a pastor, right. It's always, um, I'm, I'm surrounded by it all the time, but it's also somewhat, not that it was, but it's could be, my faith could be looked at as, you know, my dad's a pastor. My family is very quote unquote religious and faith-based. And that means, you know, Josiah and my little sister Mariah are, are Christian and faith-based and follow all the rules that, you know, everything that comes along with having, um, 
that perspective and people viewing you that way. So finding my, you know, own identity and my own faith journey has been huge um, along my life. I got, I got baptized when I was 10. Um, and that's, you know, I really made that decision for myself and, and something my parents always did, um, whether it was deciding to get baptized, deciding to get saved was they always gave us that decision, right? It was never forced upon us. Um, and that's something that I, I believe is, is huge, especially, and something that I'm going to carry over whenever I have kids is letting my kids make decisions. And my parents have talked about this and that's big in, in maturing as, as young adults and maturing as kids. Um, that's big. And for us, me and my sister getting baptized was a huge thing for me um, in my faith journey, letting, having my parents make that, letting my parents, letting me make that decision. Um, the next one was I went to a, I went to Christian school until I was in eighth grade, Christian private school. And they gave me a decision. Do you want to continue to go to this high school or do you want to go to Folsom a public high school? And me myself decided, you know, weighed pros and cons. Me myself decided to um, go to Folsom High School, same when it came to college. Um, so my parents really played a big role in allowing me to find my own wow. own faith. It was it was always obviously something that we, you know, we went to church as a family, but it was never super forced upon us, right? It's not like we we were always like never wanting to go and they were dragging us there. Right. It was always something we wanted to do because that's, they made it as a, a decision for us. Um, and then throughout, throughout uh, my life, I was kind of obviously known as, you know, the Christian kid and, and, you know, lived throughout high school that way and gone and I'll back up a little bit. So, like I said, I went to Christian school all until eighth grade and then, once I got went, decided to go to a public high school, I wasn't surrounded by Christian everything, right? I wasn't always surrounded by yeah. faith. So that was an eye opener to me. So high school was a little bit tough finding my way. And then um, my senior year until about my second year of college, I kind of um, fell away a little bit from God. I wasn't always, um, I wasn't super far away from God. I was still going to church and I was still, um, obviously I was still kind of involved in the church, but I, I wasn't in relationship with him. I wasn't in the word. I wasn't really, um, connected to him. I felt so that's really my second, after my second year of college, I just had an eye opening experience. Um, I called, you know, my parents and, um, you know, I was living that college lifestyle and I, I had a couple buddies in Cincinnati and community, which I'll talk about later has been huge for me. Um, was able to call them and they were able to hold me accountable. So that's really when I went all in, all in for God and um, haven't looked back since. And it's obviously not been perfect, but that's really the moment when I, uh, when I really went all in for God um, was that after my second year of college. And it's been, it's been amazing. I love that, Josiah. I mean, we are college pastors, young adult ministry leaders, and have such a heart, even with this podcast about the faith of the next generation. And we think whether it's a dorm dream moment or a university moment, like that season of 18 to 22, maybe 18 to 25 or 30, mm -hmm. it's pivotal. And, and we all really get to choose which path we're going right. to go down and which God or which idol we're going to serve. And I think that it's just fun to hear that part of your story that, you know, there's, it, it was real for you in that moment. Yeah. I just love that you shared about your parents being active in your faith journey, in your home and the fact that they didn't have to drag you to church. And I would just be curious for, for Josiah and myself and any other person who is leading a ministry as pastors 
or raising PK kids, pastor's kids, um, what advice do you have one word of wisdom Hmm. that you would want parents to know when it comes to raising children as pastors, as parent pastors, like Mm -hmm. what would you share that you thought maybe your parents did well, or that you just want every parent to know who is a pastor to raise their children, you know, in a way that's, we would love, we want our kids to enjoy church, you know, and discover Mm -hmm. along the process and the journey that God has them on. But what advice do you have for the parent today that yeah, listening? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I would say, I would say just love them. Honestly. Um, my parents love me and my sister so well. And I always, whenever I tell my story, I always kind of say, um, my parents loved us like Jesus loves us. Right. Cause they gave me, like I said, they gave me that choice, right? God, Jesus, they, he, he doesn't force faith. He doesn't force a relationship on us. He gives us that choice to pursue him. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what my parents did for me. They, they loved us like Jesus did. And even when, um, I wasn't close with God and they knew, um, I wasn't in relationship with him. Like I had been in the past. Um, they weren't always talking down to me and saying what I should be doing, but instead they loved me and they knew that they knew that eventually, you know, I would come back and make the right decisions because that's how, you know, they raised me and they, they trusted that. Um, so I think that's huge is just loving them and, um, giving them, somewhat of a choice obviously you have to be parents right <laughs> like I don't want right. I don't want to overemphasize the choice thing but um I think that that's huge is just giving them quote unquote space I guess um yeah. is maybe another good way to put it and let them um decide you know that you you gave them the um you gave them the pillars you gave them the you know the big substantial things in their life um, and that you just, as parents trust that they're going to take those and whether it's in the moment they're struggling or down the road, they're going to find God and he's, and that's what happened for me. So I, I think that's a big thing. That's great advice. So good. good. Just, uh, we have a one-year-old daughter, Aurora, and we've got a baby on the way in August. So we, I, especially as a young dad, new dad, take that to heart of like, I love this baby girl, love this you know, girl or boy on the way. We're not sure yet. We're excited to be surprised. And I think I've also been reading about grit, G-R-I-T, like just grit and the idea of passion and perseverance and giving your, your kids as a parent room to fail or to decide like your parents did to choose what Joshua said, you know, choose this day who you Mm -hmm. will serve and you get to make some choices and decisions. And for your parents, I just pick that up. They let you choose private Christian school or public school. And I feel like they set you up for success in that way from a young age of letting you possibly fail or letting you make some decisions on your own. And um, let me ask you this for the young leader who's listening in and they're leaning into the conversation right now, they might be in the NFL. They might be in college football or a sport. They might not, but they, their desire Josiah is to give their best at whatever their craft is Mm -hmm. for God's glory on or off the field, um, how can they go to that next level for God's glory? What would you say to them? Yeah, I think it kind of goes back to that discipline question that we talked about before. Um, I love what you guys said, kind of um, obviously being disciplined in your profession, but being disciplined in another sense and knowing that the main, the reason that we're here is to spread the love of Jesus, right? And spread the light um, of God. 
Um, so I think that's, that's huge for, for me is seeing the bigger picture um, because things don't always go as planned, right? Like, especially this last year with COVID, like it's been an insane, it's been an <laughs> wow. insane last year, year and a half. And for people to know that through everything that God has control and, and with me, with this past season, like I was, I was playing really well first couple games and then I blew my knee out. Right. And that's never, never something as an athlete that you expect. Um, and I, and for me, I was mad for a little bit, right. That's part of going through emotions and being honest with God, but knowing that he's in control of everything and trusting in him. Um, and, and, and just believing that he has a bigger picture for you and you're going to, and, and I read, um, I was doing a Bible study with a couple of my buddies and the big thing of one, the big topic of one of the studies was rejoicing in your difficult circumstance for what God is going to bring you through. Right. And that's so hard. Like that's so hard in the middle of a, of something that's tough and something that you're battling with to praising God and saying, thank you, God, for what you're going to bring me to through this. Right. And that's, I, once I read that I was rehabbing with my knee and I was like, wow, this, this is perfect for me. And it's perfect for so many circumstances, no matter what you're going through, like rejoicing, and praising God for what he's going to do through the difficult circumstance you're in. And like, that's stuck with me. And like, I think about that all the time now. It's so good. And just, I just can't help but think but that um, the word of God says, be ready in and out of season and mm. we need to be ready in and out of season with so many different things in life. If we truly step back and look at the complexity of the human, spiritual, emotional, physical, financial, relational. Mm -hmm. And I would just be curious to just to hear you unpack this ability of the mindset, the mindset that you need to have in and out of season on the field and off the field. So can you talk about like the mindset required for training um, both off season and during season for you personally? Mm -hmm. Football wise, you're saying? Football, and if you want to incorporate some spirituality of what you've yeah. encountered with that, that'd be however you want to take it, my friend. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, football, it's been a, uh, obviously has been my whole life, like throughout throughout everything. It's been a big part of my life. Um, but like you said, like it's not, it's a big part of my life, but it's not who I am. Right. Um, and that's how I kind of always look at it. But the mindset going into it, um, I've had to switch my mindset because I've, like I've said, being being a rookie last year, um, it becomes a, like, obviously it's everything that I did in college and, but you know, you don't have school anymore. It's your profession. It's the way you make money. And it is, it is a change of mindset. Um, and I, it's, it's taken some getting used to, um, having, having that, um, not, not burden, but knowing that this is everything I do. And, um, I think a big thing for me is, um, being able to, um, categorize, you know, the most important things in life, whether it's, you know, training friendships. And, and for me, I've had a lot of time because I've been on injury reserve, which is what you go on when you get hurt in the NFL. Um, so I, I've had a lot of time um, to prioritize certain things in my life, um, which I might have not had with um, being a whole season and playing all season. So um, the mindset's different in and out of season, in season, obviously, it's all day, every day. Um, and off season, it, it's very, you obviously want to take your, take some time and enjoy yourself, um, and see family and stuff. But the mindset, I think for me is always, um, no matter how busy I am setting aside that time and being disciplined, 
um, and knowing there's a bigger, Mm -hmm. bigger goal in life and trying to, no matter, like I said, no matter how much stuff I have to do, um, always taking the time to call my, you know, brother in Christ, my community, um, and making sure that that's a priority as well. It's huge. I think the power of community, the brotherhood or the sisterhood or just fellowship and having those people that you can call to in, in thick and in thin mm-hmm. where it's maybe more of a, a famine spiritually, or maybe more of a feast where we can either encourage people or, you know, carry each other's burdens, right. rejoice together. It's so powerful. And I think that along the way with mindset, where my mind goes is having our mind renewed daily and just mm-hmm. the spiritual component of that and the, the vibrancy, the vitality and the importance of mental health. Right. We just believe as mm-hmm. leaders that we're a huge part of our holistic approach to life and a huge part of our success in life is our mental health, being a healthy place to be in your thought life. And, right. and I think that I'd be curious if you have any thoughts on that. I just think that sometimes people think, oh yeah, mental health, hope, or, or, and and there's, I think there's a difference though, between like a cheap hope and a deep hope, Uh, a cheap hope that's Mm. just kind of, you know, good thoughts, good vibes. And then a deep hope that's anchored and rooted and solidified. Any thoughts there? I know it's off script, but just importance of mental health, your experiences. Yeah, mental health is huge. Um, I think obviously the world is starting to realize it more. You see it a lot, you know, whether it's um, in professional athletics, which you see it a lot nowadays, um, or any area of life. And I think even in the NFL, um, we've done, the NFL has done a great job in making a priority to make sure that their players have. uh, the right resources. Um, and for me, mental, mental health has been huge just for me. And I kind of, as a football player, you know, it's always that idea of, Oh, like I don't struggle with anything. I'm too tough and this and that. Right. Um, and really like, that is true. Like you can have that, but when things go wrong, like what, what do you lean on? Right. Mm -hmm. And obviously that's my faith, but there's, um, the Packers out here, we have a full-time psychologist on staff. So any, we're like one of like six teams, I think, which is awesome because anything you're struggling with, you're able to go to. And I've met with him, like, I'll admit it, you know, throughout my, my injury, like when things are going so well, and then all of a sudden something happens and um, it changes the whole route of where you were going. Like you, you do go in some, some state of depression. Right. Yeah. And I was there and I was in green Bay, a new city and it was COVID. So no one could come visit and all this stuff. Um, so I was in some state of, of depression and obviously had my faith and um, my a huge support of my family, but also going to, to that guy that we have on staff, that psychologist, and just be able to pour your heart out um, and talk to him about things that you're struggling with. Um, but then community comes in as well, right? Is faith, your faith community is huge. And throughout my journey, like I can't overemphasize how important my community has been. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just being able to be open with, um, people that are like-minded as you and not being judged and not being right. looked down upon, but just being, um, loved to a certain extent and being able to talk through things has been huge. And I've, I've totally seen that throughout, um, my, my faith walk, but also this last, however, eight months it's been since I've, I've gotten injured and definitely become a long way mentally. So it's definitely mental health is huge. 
It's so good. And I think you you nailed it what this generation is desiring. It, it is love, it's authenticity, it's people who care, it's community, it's wanting to know that they're a part of something bigger than themselves. It's true. Um, whether you're playing on a team, you're serving on a staff somewhere, you're you know building your own business, you're fin- finishing up and wrapping up your senior year of college and trying to land that job. And we just know that community is huge. And it's just like that Moses moment, like who's holding up your arms. Yep. And I'll never forget this. There was a girl in our, one of my um, preaching labs and classes when I was at North Central University. And it was a great visual of recognizing who is truly in your corner as your friends and who are, who are the people like against you or view you as a threat. And she said it like this. She goes, every Moses needs an Aaron and a her to hold up their arms. But what relationships, friendships are t- trying to tie your hands behind your back? Wow. You know, I think COVID was in a, a good indicator for, for sure. many young adults that we've come in contact with, recognizing who are my lifelong friends, who are my circumstantial friends, who are the classmates that I've kind of had a be friend, and who has... Yeah naturally faded out of my life and we know that mental health is huge in the next generation um and the generations above it's not just the next generation but we're willing to talk about it maybe a little more freely than people who've maybe gone before us for sure but um this young adult podcast is obviously called young adults today and Josiah, i would love to hear your insight um our ultimate goal is to reach the next generation for christ and to prepare them for the things that god has and just to be a resource, to be people who are praying for them, lifting up their arms, even if we've never met them right. through prayer. Um, but why do you believe that young adult ministry is as a, is important? Or if you, like, what has been your experience about, hey, if I would have had this young adult group, I don't know where it would be, you know? So mm-hmm. is there anything that you want to share with us about the importance of young adult ministry as a whole? Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, if I didn't have my community and my young adult ministry in college, I, I don't know, you know, what my college experience would have been like. And I do believe it's, um, it's huge part of people's lives in general. I think a couple things, obviously a big part of young adult ministry is propelling them to their next um, place. Right. So with young adults, they're at a stage where the young adult generation is going to be our leaders for generations to come, right. Whether it comes with, with the next church generation um, businesses, all this stuff, the young adult, um, generation is going to leap into that one day. So I think that's huge and grounding yourself in faith during that time, because it's only going to propel you, um, to bigger and better things ahead. Um, and then also just, you know, whether it's youth, young adults, that whole, you know, I would say like 16 to 24, 25, 26, I'm 24. So I feel old saying that I would say 26, 27, let's just say the 30. You want to be as young as long as you can, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like 24 sounded so old four years ago, and now I'm here. I'm like, oh, this is this is rough. Quick. Yeah, exactly. No, but I think that um, that generation has um, a lot of room. They haven't necessarily – a lot of times you haven't found yourself – in that area yet right Mm -hmm. so you have a lot of room to grow in certain areas and you also have um that's the time you're able to be swayed to a certain extent. i don't know if that's the right word but different directions so i think being in that young adult generation um you're 
that's the time when you find yourself. That's the time when you find God. And that's the, that's the time for many people where you decide what you're going to do with your life. And, you know, you're not married. You don't have kids. You don't live in one area. You can go here. You can go, you can go there. Like I never thought I would be living in green Bay, Wisconsin, like ever in my entire life or even Cincinnati, Ohio. Like I really didn't know what it was going up in Sacramento, you know? So it's like, you have that time to be, um, to find yourself and find God and be propelled in so many different areas. So that's, that's really why I think it's so important to reach that generation. And, um, yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And I love the word picture of propel. Yeah. I just picture, man, whether it's like a helicopter with or a prop plane, but just being propelled into the future. And the other word that you use is sway. And just this idea of two options, again, two, going back to that, two paths, two different outcomes that we can really happen accidentally or with intentionality and discipline of like, as leaders, we want to be propellers and we want to be catalysts that really, you know, even I think of this football drill that I've seen where you, you run and a guy, you're pulling a guy with the bands Mm -hmm. and he, he lets go. So you just like, shoot, it's almost like a drill. Yeah. And, and the other, yeah. picture, the other picture I get is maybe just wandering aimlessly without a plan, without a vision and just being swayed to and fro. So I agree that reaching the next generation is important. Great thoughts. And decide we want to tap into you and do kind of like a two minute drill football lingo, but it'll last five minutes. We'll put five minutes on the clock. You're ready for five questions that are rapid fire. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Time was five minutes for a two-minute drill. You probably wouldn't be in the NFL, right? True, true, true. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a podcasting world, though. It's, it's okay. Yeah. Oh, you better throw your hail Mary. Change it up a little bit. Hail Mary right now. And P.S., we don't even know three of the questions that we're going to ask you. They're completely randomly generated in this deck. So, but we know the ball's going to you. Are you ready? There you go. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Question number one, Josiah. Ooh. What would the title of your autobiography be? Oh, ho, ho. Glad you <laughs> <I didn't. laughs> that's so hard. Usually I'm good at these too. Um, let's just, let's just say the journey. I, I, I can't be unique. Let's just say the journey. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's a safe answer. Let's just do that. I love it. <laughs> I didn't read that when it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ooh, this is going to be fun. This second question, what job doesn't exist now, but will in the future? It could be anything. Okay. Um, I would say one day we're going to have flying cars. So like flying police officers and stuff like that. One, one day, maybe one day. It won't be long. Ooh, yeah. you could ask this question three. If you could ask God, one question what would it be oh my gosh i've thought about this so much and like i still have not been able to like tune in on one question um i guess if i if i had to ask one i would i would i want to be in like god's mind when he was like making me you know how we're all we're all made obviously very uniquely and different like what was in his mind like when he was making me specifically i don't know if that's a selfish question but i, I would be sure cur- i would be curious no i've never heard that's, anybody ask that so that is intriguing that's deep yeah. that's amazing <laughs> um this is the curveball 
So Josiah, if you could ask Micah and I any question, anything, nothing's off limits, what would you ask us today? Uh, I just met you guys, so I have a lot of questions, but um, let's go with what, what made you guys decide to start this podcast? And another question, how long has, has this podcast been aired? Yeah, it's a great question. We just passed 100 episodes, so started in the fall of 2019. Yep. Yep, fall of 2019, so like two full years, um, weekly episodes. And man, like we have both, I think our faith individually and then together came alive as a young adult. Um, I remember being 18 and thinking there's no young adult ministry at my church. And then God actually asked me to start one. But I remember there was no books, no blogs, no podcasts, no resources. And I felt just really alone. And I felt like, man, I can go to youth events and youth conferences, but young adult ministry is totally different. And no one really has much to say about it. And my experience then was being on staff at a church six years and just having a heart, Josiah, and a burden to see thousands of young adults reach for Christ, for his name, mm-hmm. for his glory, and just realizing that where are young adults? They're right here. They're on mm-hmm. their phone. They're list- they have AirPods in like yours, and they're listening to podcasts. I think it's 75% of millennials listen to one or more podcasts every week. Mm-hmm. And then Gen Z, it skyrockets. It's even higher. Mm-hmm. So I think I've loved podcasts. They've helped me in my life. They've improved my life. And if we can help, we've said it just one person, it'd be totally worth it. Yeah. Do you want to ask another question? You said you have many of them, so I can answer a different one if you want. Um, where'd you guys meet? Ooh, um, it's crazy. So I was praying for a future spouse. I lived in Bismarck, North Dakota. I was praying for a future spouse. I said, God, if my husband is not here and if I've capped out my resources, working at the church, working at the gym, being a personal trainer, take me to wherever you want me to go. And he called me to North Central University where Scott and Karen Hagen are currently the presidents. I missed them by just like by probably six months, but um, was really praying to that. God's like, you're going to go back to school for young adult uh, ministry and your future spouse will be there and I'll bring you together in your time. Like, that's what I felt like what God was downloading to my spirit. And I had a dream about him. I go, Lord, I want to see his face tonight when I go to bed. And I saw his face. He was on the Stone Arch Bridge, downtown Minneapolis, twins hat on, black on black twins hat, black jacket, bright blue eyes. And my dream goes, Micah, I love you. And I woke up and I was so ticked off. I was like, I don't even know anybody who looks like that. And God's like, do you want what I have for you? And what have you been praying for? So I had to like repent in that moment, reflect on my prayer life and just pray that God would like bring us together. And I moved here in August or I started school in yeah. August. And then by October 1st, I met him face to face at Cedar Valley Church where he was on staff on staff as a pastor. And I remember shaking his hand. I was like, this is the like, holy crap moment. Like, this is the guy from my dream. And I never, you never say. And she never told God, me. That. God gave yeah. me a dream and we're going to get married. No, yeah. it's like that you run. <laughs> but God did give yeah, me a exactly. dream and it was him. And I remember shaking his hand and God goes, yep. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, okay, now I have a name, a face, a location. Like, I really need to pray into this. So we obviously just became friends first, mm-hmm. served in ministry. Um, on a mission trip, kind of started dating um, proposed, he proposed, (laughs) one of my favorite places, Grand Canyon, South Rim. And then three months later we got married and, um, yeah, so I do believe that God doesn't only give us dreams of 
like playing in the NFL or being a pastor or getting on a stage or Mm -hmm. being a pilot or whatever, like God can give us visual dreams about our future um, and really pray into those like Joseph moments, but never throw that out before swine or tell people about it, like hold those near and dear to your heart. So I always tell people, like, I didn't want to have a Joseph moment of telling my brothers or sisters in Christ that I had this dream about my future husband and I know him, but God has slowly revealed to Josiah who I was. And so I pray for Josiah and I pray for him as a pastor and then pray for my future spouse separate. So three different prayers. And I'm like, Lord, if those three ever come together, like he needs to be the one that makes the first move. So, and he did. And that's how we met. And that's how we got to where we are today, essentially. So <laughs> that's like the um, best story I think I've ever heard. <laughs> that's like, I'm glad I asked that question. That's like, a, that's, a, that's an incredible story. That's awesome. Good story. We'll call it the journey, but it'll be a different sub, subtitle. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We can oh. volume one, volume two. There you go. There you go. Okay. So back to you, Josiah. Fun fact too. I just have to say this. One of my best friends, he's, um, he was the best man in our wedding. He, uh, Brent Silkey, he's been on this podcast. He was my youth pastor. Right. He just had his fourth child, a son. We named him Josiah. So we're in, we're in good company. Join the club. Yes. Join the club. <laughs> um, so back to you. If you could tell this, this question is five of five. If you could tell a group of young leaders, one thing, what one piece of advice or maybe one word of wisdom would you leave with them today? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I think I have a couple of things. I think the number one thing I would say is like the time is now is something that I've like, I've always found myself or a lot of times, I shouldn't say always have found myself in my faith journey. Like, Oh, I'll get to this then. Or, Oh, I'll start a Bible study here or I'll, I'll get friends that I'll get friends in the church here. But I think as young adults and, and even young leaders, like the time is now that, you know, it's not um, obviously God's timing is everything. Um, but something that, um, that, that I've always thought throughout my faith journey is putting things off that are in your control. Um, like the things I kind of stated, like that's, that's, some, that those are things that obviously God has, has opportunity to present you with, but also things that are in your control. So I think the time is now is one thing. And then also for young adults and also, you know, leaders is especially leaders because leaders need um, community too. I think community is huge. Um, And being um, we've, I mean, we've talked a lot about it already, but just transparent with people that are grounded in their faith. Um, And I've some of my, obviously my best friends um, that I've been able to, one of my best friends that I've known actually not for very long, um, but we have just been able to get to know each other because we're, we both have that backbone of, of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and being able to have community um, and being yourself around people and not being judged and being able to grow um, in life and in your faith is, is huge. So the time and now and get connected community is like the, the two big things that I always love to um, say and keep reminding myself because I, you know, moving to different cities and I, I need to continually um, get get connected and continually um, stay in my word and everything that I've that I've stated a little bit. But those are those are probably the main two. If I could if I could choose, I love it. Yeah. Such a good word of wisdom to leave yeah. people with. Yes, 
We are just so thrilled that you were able to spend some time with us, Josiah, and just invest in our listeners, invest yeah. in us, and also in this podcast. And oh, what a great conversation today. Yeah. So Josiah, thanks one more time for everything. Yeah. Thanks so much, you guys, for having me. It was fun. You bet. And if you are listening, you can find out more about Josiah and the Green Bay Packers when you connect with us on the website, Young Adults Today, and social media. Until next time, this is Josiah and Micah signing off. Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. I'm getting charged up right now, yeah.